and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and to my left, as always, sometimes I'm to your right. Sometimes. <laughs> the one and only Ray Jewel. Wait. 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 Wow. Wait. <laughs> Ray, welcome back. It's good to be back, Kevin. I always enjoy our times together. All right. I hope that'll be true of this one as well. Yeah, we'll find out. We don't have a lot of time here, but we're going to try to squeeze an episode in here. I've got dinner. I've got ribs waiting. Yeah, so, but this was recorded in January or in December, and it's not being played until February. That's true. You're going to make people water their mouth and expect to come to your place and find ribs. Well, I, didn't, I wasn't inviting everybody over. Oh, okay. Okay. So, all right, let's, let's jump in. So, we started this last week, Things Not to Save Your Pet. And so, we're going to continue that uh, series here this week and probably another week as well. Oh, at least. Um, all right, so here we go. Um, hey, Pastor, I'm going to send you a link to insert name of hip celebrity internet preacher here. You should listen to him. The Lord is really using him. Or the alternative version of giving you a copy of the celebrity preacher's book and then having them ask you every time they see you after that if you've read it. So, and by the way, these are these are statements in case you, you didn't join us last week. Um, these are all statements that actual pastors have actually uh, ha- had said to them. So, um, yeah, you should really listen to, and, you know, whether it's Stephen Furtick or whoever. Or your friend and mine, the heretic in Dallas. What? All of a sudden. Oh, uh, Joel Osteen. Yeah. Yeah. I had that happen to me. Oh, yeah. You gotta read Joel's stuff, man. Why would I want to waste my time? Yeah, I mean, I just, it, it, it's, you know, one year for uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, I gave my pastor Phil a, uh, it was like a Darth Vader poppy mug or something. He thought, you know, his first reaction is, thanks for not giving me a book. <laughs> um, I think he expected that from me. Well, that's because reason. that's what you always expect from others. Yes. Um, where is my I gave you one once. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. On C.S. Lewis. About, yeah, about yeah. the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, so, so anyway, so how do you respond to that? With, hey, uh, you know, you should read this book because God's really using him. And I think kind of the the inference there is like, God's not using you. Read this oh, book yeah. and so you can, yeah. so you can, you can become get better. better. Yeah. yeah, we want you to be just like him. The, uh, well, I think every pastor should have a blowtorch in their office. <laughs> Um, depending on who it is. If someone wants to gift me with N.T. Wright, yeah, I'll take that because he is better than I am. Um, and, you know, you've got your favorites. Yeah. I'm sure if somebody offered you something by R.C. Sproul or right. some of the other better-known ones. Sproul or Piper or... Well, okay, you can have the Piper. I'll if have... anybody gives me Piper, I don't know, be I'm... the gift. Piper has said some things recently, some, some quotes of... He has said some um, things recently that I agree with. Wow. Yeah. But he's also said some things that concern me. Yeah. Um, well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> but um, but anyway. Uh, but yeah. But I, I think the problem is the inference. It is you need to share that. Well, um, because, oh, this guy's a celebrity. Yeah. He's on TV all the time. Or she is on TV all the time. Therefore, they have a much bigger yeah. audience. And, well, look at the success. Well, okay, 
how do you measure success when it comes to scripture? Right. Well, let's see. From what I can gather, it's all about faithfulness to God. Yeah. Not faithfulness to myself. Not faithfulness to anything else but being a humble servant of the Lord. Yeah. Of Jesus Christ. Because we are to emulate Him. Philippians 2 is all about, you know, to basically take on the form of a servant as Jesus did. A great doxology there, going through everything that Jesus did. He emptied himself and became a human. You know, hmm. he was very humble in that. I mean, more humble than any of us as humans will ever be because of sin. But the, the thing is, Jesus measures success by humble service and faithfulness to his word and to what he has called us to do. Not by the pizzazz, not by the crowds. Right. Not He shunned crowds. Even though he had tons of people yeah. come to him, but they were coming to him for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, the, when he fed 5,000, next time we see these people coming, well, you're just here because I fed you. You're not here because you listened to what yeah. I had to say. You're just here because I filled your belly. Yep. And he really had issues with that. And so I have issues with anybody telling me or thinking that I need to listen to a certain guy or a certain woman because they're, you know, they're doing it right. because they're successful. But you did mention, I mean, there, there are people who are doing it right, whether it's yeah. oh, N.T. Yeah. Wright or, uh, you know, on my side, whether I'm reading a book by MacArthur, one of those guys. Um, you have to remember these guys, these big names. <laughs> it's not that I, I'm not to say they have it easy, but you know I don't have a research staff. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't have you know a thousand pastors working under me. Yeah. That can do some of the other works ministry, so I can focus on whatever. So it, it, it's sometimes it's just not a fair um, evaluation. Well, it's, it's not even sometimes. Most of the time, it's yeah. not a fair. It's not, it's not being true to your local church and to the pastor that that church has brought in to do right. what he's supposed to, or she's supposed to be doing. Uh, and like you said earlier, it's to train others yeah. for works of service, for right. ministry purposes. And, and if that's not happening, then I'd be concerned. Yeah. I mean, to be... Elsewhere, you know, knowledge will cease and all these other things, but love will be there. And if the pastor is not loving on the people that are there, and that includes being tough with them sometimes, um, then he's not being very, very faithful and yeah. or successful as I understand the Bible to describe what success is. Right. And, and there are times where, you know what, maybe your pastor would benefit from a book that you've got. Um, but Ask him about it every other time you see him. Right. You know, remember, your pastor's a busy guy. Your pastor's got other books he's reading as well. Mm -hmm. um, and he may not get to it right away. So, you know, well, and he's got a sermon to write. Sometimes, you know, a midweek service. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or a Bible study or two or three Bible studies. And, oh, yeah, back to that, what we talked about last week. Got to go visit people in the right. hospital. He's got to be an active person in the community. Got to help run things, you know. And depending on the size of your church, he could be your janitor, as far as you know. You know? Yeah, so, I mean, 
or at least the one that comes and opens the place and closes right. the place, so he's always the first one there and the last one to yeah. leave. That there's something wrong with that. Not mentality. to mention the pimp. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, what about they? They live in an ice bowl. Uh, or fish, fish bowl. Fish bowl. Ice, ice bowl? bowl. I did. Wow. I, I'm, okay. I'm a Packer fan, okay? <laughs> but uh, a fish bowl, everybody knows what's going on. Or at least they think they should be allowed to know because we're all your boss. We pay your salary. I mean, no. It's your parsonage, yes. But why I would never, ever go into full-time ministry hmm. again because unless they had a stipend for housing. Twice. Twice. I was asked to leave the church. Not only was I out of a job, I was out of a yeah. house. Yeah. Twice. Now, some some of that might have been warranted. Probably was warranted. But just the attitude, you got to get out. you got you got a month to get out. Yeah. And you got a month to go find another place yep. to, to live and to work. Right. I, you know, they, they, some people think they're being generous by giving them a month. Now, some people, you know, I mean, a little word for you pastors out there. When you talk with a church that you might become a part of as one of their leadership people, Make sure you do your due diligence and have an exit strategy in place before you take on the position. By that, six months severance pay or whatever. But, you know, and other things, there's, there's tons of literature about this out yeah. there. So you, you got to do that. It protects you, it protects your family, and frankly, it protects the church. All right, let's move on to a different Sorry. one here. We're, we're, we're getting <laughs> off topic here. All right. Um, you knew it was going to happen. Okay, here, here's one. Um, you're on vacation next Sunday. That's kind of like a bye week for us, right? In other words, pastor's gone. I don't need to be at church. I don't I can have take that to be. Week. Oh, I hate that one too. Because, well, I mean, you got, you're paying somebody to come in yep. if it's a smaller church and it's a supply situation. Be there because this is not about a popularity contest with my pastor. It's about... You're there to worship God. Yeah. And if you're there to be entertained or even be, quote unquote, fed in a certain way, and you say, well, you're on vacation, so I'm going to stay home. That's, that's just not right. Yeah. And that's, you've always emphasized the idea that the pastor, the pastor is not the church. The church is not the pastor. It has, the church has to be much more than that one guy. Yeah. Um, you know, your pastor does need a break. He does need to take a break on, on Sundays once in a while. But your need for spiritual growth and your need for spiritual nourishment doesn't change. Right. Um, and again, it's not about your your pastor, no matter how good he is. Um, it, it's, it's not like, um, you know, again, as a teacher, I, I, you know, when I have a substitute come in for me, uh, especially, you know, Ray, if I use you, I, I'm not just, this isn't like giving you babysitting work just to keep it busy. Right. You know, I, I expect the lesson to continue, the work to go on, so I don't have a whole bunch to do when I get back. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're past, and I've done a lot of pulpit supplies, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you're, you've got one coming up here. I do. Soon. 
Um, but it'll be before yes, this series. It, it will have been past tense by the time this airs. Um, but, you know, I, I've done a lot of pulpit supply, and coming in, you know, I just because I'm not your pastor doesn't mean I still haven't put in uh, time and energy into this message. It's still the Word of God, no matter right. who's preaching. Right. And so this Even is if you use one you've used somewhere else before, you right. still put the time and effort into it, and you don't just yeah. warm it over. You look at it again and you know, right. do some Always rework to it. it. And rework yeah. it. And, and you try to make it, if you have any clue at all, where you're walking into and who's there, then, you know, like the one that I've got coming up. Uh, it's going to be older people. Uh, probably at least my age is not over. So I can take something maybe that I used at Rock County Christian Chapel, but I'd have to change some of the illustrations yeah. or whatever to make it resonate more with that age and that experience. And that's the key word of the day, by the way, is resonate. Of the interviews I've done today... <laughs> Dayton used that word quite a bit. Did he really? Um, yeah, he, he he originally used the word vibing. He said, no, that doesn't sound like it. So we switched to resonate. What's the word? Vibing. Oh, vibing. vibing. So, well, yeah, you that, hit on the key word of the day. Yeah, well, okay, you know, I mean, he doesn't go to resonate church. No, he doesn't. He doesn't no. But Dabla does. Yes, him, Dabla does. And, and the pastor, as has been on the, on the Jesse, Pastor Jesse, Jesse Birnick has been yeah. on the podcast. Kids, their kids are in Rock County, at least no. in Walmart. Not anymore? Not anymore. They've gone over to the enemy. They're at Oak Hill. That's well, the enemy. Closer to them. Than that doesn't the matter. You you travel for quality. Anyway. Um, oops, sorry, Jesse. I don't, I don't. School wars. Instead of worship wars, we've got school wars. All right, wars. let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, okay, this pastor says, all right, this is a conversation he's been in me. I could use some help with this because it's taking up a lot of my time. Some non-ministry issues, say, like talking with claims adjusters. Mm-hmm. Board member, you're the pastor. You do it. Me, can I have a couple of weeks off of preaching to focus on or take a ministry class? Board member, all of us work and have families. Why should you get time off to take a class? So, again, overburdening the pastor, yeah. I think, is the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, why would you want a pastor whose training more than likely has not been in business administration or church administration? More than likely it's in biblical studies, theology, even the how to do you know, spiritual things. Why would you want that person to be in charge of any claims adjustment? I mean, it would be a fiasco if someone asked me to do that. I don't have a clue yeah. about insurance. God hasn't gifted everybody in the same way. Yeah. I mean, there should be somebody on the board or whatever governing body you have, like a treasurer or somebody that, uh, even a financial guru of some kind, who knows how to handle those things and is willing, as part of their ministry, to do. A pastor should never have to do that. Never. Your pastor isn't a jack of all trades. Isn't isn't expert in every field. And... And, and you wouldn't want him to be. No. You know, what does it say? The jack of all trades and expert none. Right. Uh, you want him to be an expert in the area of, of, of the scriptures, of ministry, and things like that. You don't yeah. want him to have a big title. In fact, 
that's the whole, you know, when you look at uh, the book of Acts, um, the introduction of deacons. Yeah. Because uh, we had, there was a serious problem. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, uh, a problem that could just be swept away. It's a problem of widows uh, who weren't being uh, ministered to, weren't having their needs met. And that's a serious thing. But the apostles said, listen, we just don't have time to do that. We are, we are committed to the ministry of the word. We don't have time to wait tables. And again, that wasn't saying that it was like beneath them. No. But no, it was just something they couldn't do. And so they created the office of deacon to, to meet that need. And so well, there are people in the church who should we be We disagree on that whole concept of office of deacon. The word means, diakonos means servant. Sure. You know, so, um, and, the, and the interesting thing about it, who was the first martyr yeah. for Christianity? Stephen, who was one of those seven that was chosen. Right. So he was not just waiting on tables. He was out evangelizing and preaching the yeah. gospel, and he got he got killed for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it, being a Christian, being, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting tired of the word because it's become such a bitter taste in my mouth. A follower of Jesus, okay? Being a follower of Jesus, means putting our lives on the line, day in and day out. Not just the pastor. Don't expect the pastor to drive himself or herself into a grave yeah. by overwork. This is a shared thing that we are called to. God has gifted us in so many different ways. And you know the, the whole body, not an individual person, if all the spiritual gifts were wrapped up in one person, might as well call him Jesus because that's yeah. who had them all. But you know that's why we have the body imagery in uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, other places, Ephesians 4, where we are all ministers, we are all servants, we are all called to do something, and it's that giftedness that is our calling. Yeah. So, all right, let's squeeze in one more here. Because I've got to run. In fact, I shouldn't you, be doing you, I didn't know you were running anywhere. Anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to be running for a while. <laughs> um, but um, why haven't you reached out to our former members? We need to reach out and contact them. Now, in this particular instance, uh, the pastor said, the contact former members left, publicly said they did not want to come back to the church and leave them alone. But uh, this is something I remember in ministry. Why haven't you reached out to so-and-so and so-and-so? But... You know, I found, at least in the, I'm thinking of a particular instance right now, where, listen, as a pastor, I know what's going on in that situation. Trust me. You know, they've left, and that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but there are other things, as we just mentioned before, just like visiting people in the church. You think they should be visited? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you are that concerned about their welfare, why... Are you yeah. coming to me about that right. as the pastor? Because you have a better connection with them, obviously. Right. You know, I mean, I can I can do hospital calls. I can do that kind of calling. I can go visit people. But why aren't you doing it? Because you've been here 30, 40, 50 years. I've only been here for two. Yeah. And you know these people. And if you're that concerned about them, yeah, if God's burdening your heart for it, why why shouldn't you do it? Exactly. Yeah. Why do you? I mean, there's 
really not a whole lot of special training that we get in seminary on how to do that. Although they probably should. Well, <laughs> but you know, every person is different. But some basic principles probably be able to. Well, yeah, some conflict uh, management and stuff. Yeah. I had some of that yeah. in leadership courses, but still, I don't. You know, when a when a pastor comes in from another location, it's ridiculous to think that they're going to have everybody's name down and know where everything is within the first six months. Yes. You've got to give them at least a year just to get settled. That's one of the main reasons why I, I am all for churches developing pastors and putting people on their staff from inside. Yeah. I mean, the, of course, the negative to that is they may not get the theological training that they need. But as far as knowing the people, that's huge. And that, yeah. you know, but, but yeah, go, go ask them yourself. All right. And on that note, we're going to wrap up this week. Because, <laughs> um, again, I have ripped waiting. Um, but, uh, again, our, our recommended resources for this, this series, maybe we'll add to this later, but it has become a series now. We're not well, even going to finish. I told you finished. that. The One Sentence Pastors Hate to Hear, an article by Tom Rainer. Uh, we'll link to that in our show notes. And uh, we're going to continue this series at a different time. So uh, join us back next week. We'll probably be into part three of this series. Special thanks to Anna Jewell for being raised chauffeur this week. Yes. And our live studio audience. Um, <laughs> she's managed to keep her composure, um, managed to keep things under control, no wild cheering or booing. Or throwing anything, so that's that's always the best. Uh, so check us out www.basicbiblepodcast.org, um, and then on social media at Basic Biblecast on Instagram and Twitter. Check out the Facebook page, join that group. So until next week, have a great rest of your.